You're listening to the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. We hope that this podcast is a helpful resource in your daily walk with Christ. Now, here's today's sermon. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, we're going to continue where we left off, of course, last week. And then I think um, I think we'll pick this up uh, after today. We'll probably pick it up at uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, where we'll come back to this chapter. But Matthew chapter 21. Let's begin. We're going to read just five verses. Matthew chapter 21, verse number 18. The Bible says this. Now in the morning he returned into the city. He hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answering and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us today. I hope you're ready. I was I was in a church this week. It was a Baptist church in the city of Detroit, and I was talking with the pastor. I first worked with him 22 years ago, and uh, we have a really good relationship, and we were talking about pastoring, and I was looking at their order of service, and the, and the altar calls before the sermon. And I said, you always do your altar call before the sermon. He said, absolutely. He says, people need to be called to prepare their hearts for the message that God has for them. We may do that sometime. I thought that was great. Uh, maybe we'll have two of them. They also do two offerings in a lot of churches like that. So we'll, no, I'm just going to But let's pray and ask God to speak to us today. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for these um, truths that we have been going through. Lord, 83 sermons, and we're not even close to being done. But Lord, every week you have something new for us. Every Every paragraph, there is something, there is so much for us to glean from it. So we pray that today we would learn, that we'd be challenged in our Christian walk. We'd also be challenged in our service to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Um, I want to uh, I want to talk about one thing really quick before we actually dig into this text. Uh, the book of Mark tells this story. We covered it several years ago. Um, Mark tells it different. Mark tells this story in two parts. Matthew groups the whole story into one. If you read the book of Mark, you will see that uh, Jesus did, he, he saw the fig tree one day, and he came back the next day, and they saw it withered, okay? So then you read the book of Matthew, and you think, was this one day or was this two days? And it's important for us to understand a couple of things. When the gospel writers wrote, they did not always write from the same perspective. Uh, Matthew wrote uh, more... As he, he was speaking on this topic or on th- what happened, he's telling a story over here, and then he tells a story over here where Mark tends to be more chronological. And so that's I think, explains the difference between the two. But either way, they both have the same meaning. Both of them teach the same thing. And so verse 18 of our text, actually, what it says now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. That actually happened before he cleansed the temple, according to the book of Mark. But in verse number 20, when the disciples saw it, that actually happens after he cleanses the temple. And so I just want to address that, that there's not a conflict here. It's that they told the story different. And we won't spend a lot of time on that. 
But let's look at this. And I think it's interesting here as we see Jesus come and he curses the fig tree. Did you know this is the, this is the only destructive miracle that Jesus performed while he was here on this earth? Now, uh, Jesus was hungry. He walks by. He sees a fig tree. And um, it's off in the distance. And he could see on that fig tree, he could see there's fruit. Or he could see that there were leaves. And so Jesus saw the leaves and he expected there to be fruit also. Mark tells us that it was not the time of the figs yet. So why would Jesus expect there to be fruit on the fig tree if it's not time of the figs yet? Uh, why was he displeased so much with this fig tree? Well, it wasn't, listen, I want you to understand, it wasn't because there was no fruit on the fig tree. It was because the leaves signaled that there was fruit and there was no fruit. You see, these fig trees, they produce fruit most of the time before the leaves. But when there's leaves on the tree, there should be figs on the tree. That's why Jesus was displeased with this fig tree. And so he performs this only destructive miracle. Now, you might try to rack your brain. Was there another one? Well, what about, what about when Jesus cast the demons out of the men and he, and he cast them into the swine and the swine went into the, into the water and they destroyed themselves? Wouldn't that be a destructive miracle? Well, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 31 tells us what happened. It says, So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. All Jesus did there was he didn't do anything destructive. He just allowed the, the demons to do what they wanted to do. But here in our text, he sees this tree. He expects there to be fruit. There's no fruit. And so he curses the tree and says, No more will fruit be found on you, and the tree withers away. Why didn't Jesus just fix the tree? Right? I mean, when you look at what he's done, what he's done. Anyway, when you look at what he's done, then you go through, you could, you could see that he's always fixing things. He's always making things better. He's making things whole. But uh, this, he could have made this tree to be the greatest fruit-bearing tree that ever was created. He could have done that, couldn't he? He could have just looked at that tree instead of cursing it. He could have said, I want you to bear fruit. And he could have picked that fruit and gone on eating. But why didn't he do that? And the reason is that he's teaching us and he's teaching his followers an important lesson. Turn over to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. I thought about whether I should turn over here or just paraphrase it. But um, it's going to be a while before we cover the book of Luke. So I figured let's turn over there. And uh, it's going to be a while before we finish the book of Matthew, let alone get to the book of Luke. Uh, but Luke chapter 13, um, verse 6, and I am in the wrong page, there we go. Here's what he says. And he spake also this parable, so this is not the same account, this, is not, this does not go with what we're reading in the book of Matthew, but he's telling a parable at a different time. It says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it be along this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that shalt thou cut it down. So Jesus tells this parable about this fig tree. Now, what we're reading in the book of Matthew is not a parable. It is a true event. It is a true story. But Jesus teaches about the fig tree 
uh, in this story. And what happens is the owner of the vineyard goes to the particular fig tree. He's gone to it three years in a row, and every year when he goes there, there's no fruit on that, on that fig tree. And so he looks at it, and he says to his keeper of the vineyard, he says, Listen, this fig tree for three years has been empty, and it's not doing any good, so just cut it down. Why cumbereth its space? In other words, why is it taking up space? This is just a waste because it's not being fruitful. It's not being productive. And he says, cut it down. And so the keeper of the vineyard asks, he says, let me give me one last chance. Let me dig around it. Let me give it one last try. And uh, let me get some nutrients to the roots, fertilize it, and see what we can do. And he says, but if I don't get fruit in the season, then I'll cut it down. And so there has been three years without fruit. Three years without fruit. Between John the Baptist and Jesus, the gospel ministry at this point has been in full swing for three years. Three years plus. Between the two of them, there has been a lot of time. Three years has gone, uh, has, has this gospel ministry has gone to Israel. Israel was not outright rejecting God. They weren't saying God doesn't exist. We don't want to worship God. But their prideful hearts prohibited them from bearing fruit. So we go back to our text. Why was Jesus displeased with this fig tree? And here's why. It's because it was hypocritical. The tree, by having leaves, claimed to have fruit. Yet when he went to get the fruit, an easy inspection reveals that it did not produce fruit. Jesus was headed to the holy city of Jerusalem. And of all places, this is the place we would expect fruit. We would expect a fruitful spiritual abundance. It was a place that had been watered. It was a place that had been fertilized. Yet when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, he sees, he sees leaves, but he sees no fruit. He saw the hustle and bustle around the temple. He saw people willing to pay top dollar. They were willing to pay 20 times as much for a dove to sacrifice. Willing to take a terrible exchange rate in order to give the shekel that they were supposed to, the half a shekel that they were supposed to give. Jesus sees all these things, and that is not fruit. It was leaves. He said, these people are willing to do all these things to, in order to worship in the way that they were taught. Around there, he saw the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes and the priests, and they all had on their religious garb, and they all, they all looked apart. And they, what they were saying with their outward appearance is, I'm bearing fruit. I am spiritual, yet the hearts of those people were far from the Lord. Their leaf says were bearing great amounts of fruit, but upon quick inspection, they were fruitless. And the problem is that these people genuinely misunderstood what fruit is. Part of that was through hard-heartedness. Part of that was through wanting to believe what they wanted to believe, but sometimes it was simply because that's what they were taught. That if you are, are going to bear fruit, then here's what you have to do. They thought it was how they dressed or how they observed the Sabbath or how they kept the ceremonial law and the traditions that were added to it. They thought, now we're bearing fruit because we're doing all these things and we look like we are fruitful. They thought it was about their sacrifices that they offered. They thought it was about the money that they gave. And they felt like if I do those things right, then I can act however I want. Because those things are my fruit. We can be dishonest. We can be cold-hearted because we're sacrificing, we're giving, we're doing the things that we were told we have to do. And today's Christians are really no different. Most of us see that this happens. Most of us may be guilty of it. 
On one end of the spectrum, we have people that think, man, I go to church just enough to make sure people know that I'm a Christian. We, uh, we go to church when nothing else comes up, so I'm bearing fruit. They think I, I've checked the Christian box at the hospital when they give me the, the documents to fill out. And, and so and what religion am I? You know, I don't go to church very much, but, but I check the Christian box. And uh, we do, I, I do funerals, Andrew does funerals all the time, and we find that all the time. People are Christians, right? But they don't, we haven't been to church in 20 years, but we're Christians. They, they think, well, I threw a little bit of money in the offering. You know, if I, if I added up, I, I did use the bathroom, so that was about, you know, 30 cents in water that I used. And, and the electricity, if we divide it by the 115 people, man, I, okay, I'm going to, so I'm going to put five bucks and that should cover my expenses. And, and they think, well, hey, I have, I, have a, uh, I have a Bible on my coffee table and I have a sign in the kitchen that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, so I'm bearing fruit. Yet on the other side of the spectrum, we have those that believe that since we go to church every time the church doors are open, because we serve in ministries, because we don't wear particular types of clothes or go to particular places, because we give 20% of our income, not 10% of our income, and we sing the right songs, we have the highest standards, and we think that we're bearing fruit because of those things. But listen, fruit is not offerings, it is not standards, it is not clothing, it is not Bible knowledge, it is not church attendance. Those things are signals of fruit. They can be signals of fruit. But fruit is this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. According to Paul, that's what fruit is. So do we have leaves or do we have fruit? Let's look at it this way. What do leaves do? So go back to... Seventh grade science class. Earth science. What did they call it? Physical science? Is that what it is? Um, in, in, in that class, you learn that here's some things that leaves do. Leaves, they are the ones who take care of the photosynthesis. And what happens is it takes the sunlight and it converts that into sugars. And it converts it into food for the plant. Here's another thing leaves do is they provide shade. To, to regulate the temperature of the plant. That's why you see more leaves in the summer, right? It doesn't need them in the winter to, pro, to provide shade. It also helps in the summer, in the hot and dry times, it helps to, by the shade, it keeps the moisture in the roots. So fruit, so leaves have a purpose. And they have a good purpose. But what does fruit do? Fruit is carries the seeds that the next generation of Fruit is planted, but really it's caring for itself. Um, it's, it's, it's doing things that are going to keep things going on. But here's what fruit does. It feeds the people and the animals around it. Right? So the fig leaves support the life of the plant, but the figs support the life of others. Jesus condemned this fig tree not for having leaves, not for not having fruit, but for having leaves and not having fruit. It was saying, I'm alive, but I don't do anything for others. I don't benefit anybody else. The Jewish nation was telling everyone, hey, we're alive. We serve the God. Where is the week of Passover? We all came back and we all came because we're religious, because we love God, because we worship God, because we keep the law. But everything they did was for themselves. They have leaves. And leaves are necessary. 
Leaves are a part of the equation. But they were not producing fruit. And Jesus was demonstrating what happens to a tree that doesn't produce fruit. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus said this, And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. He repeated that same thing in Matthew chapter 7. And here's what he's teaching us is after three years and three years of gospel ministry that has failed to produce fruit on this tree called Israel, it's going to suffer destruction. That tree is going to get cut down. And listen, that Jewish nation would be destroyed. And it was destroyed and it was non-existent for centuries because they didn't produce fruit. But if you looked back, you would have seen the hustle and bustle. You've seen all these people in the temple. You would see them trying to do what the law required them to do, but they weren't producing fruit. How do you teach this to the text to a child? Well, Jesus got angry because there was no food and he cursed the tree. There might be more to it than that, right? It's not just about Jesus cursing a tree that had no fruit. Jesus' ministry was bringing life, not destruction. That's what, we, that's what we want to say. Jesus, Listen, Jesus didn't do those kinds of things. Jesus was bringing, he was bringing life, not destruction. We like the Jesus that heals people, that casts out demons, that raises people from the dead. We like the Jesus that makes things better. But he's always making things better. You see, the, the, the reason for cutting this tree down is because it wasn't bearing fruit. It was taking up space. <clears throat> Most people like a Jesus with low expectations. He pays no attention to our sins and he just abounds in grace where sin abounds. So that's the kind of Jesus I like. Yeah, I messed up, but you know what? Jesus abounds in grace and uh, my sin abounded, but hey, his grace did much more abound. That's not the, the, the heart behind what Paul was teaching us. Jesus has expectations for believers. He expects that we're to turn away from our own sin. He expects that we're going to live, that we're going to grow in faith, become more and more like him, forgive those who don't deserve it, and tell lost souls about him. Listen, he expects us to bear fruit. He expects that we will not be inward focused, but that we bear the fruit uh, for the benefit of others. And so here's basically what he's saying. Bear fruit or get cut down. Bear fruit or get cut down. You see, fruit was not just an expectation of the Jewish people. Fruit is expected of you and I today. It is expected of the church. It is expected of the church members. Jesus told his disciples that he had chosen them to bring forth fruit. John chapter 15. By the way, how do we bring forth fruit if we're not in the vine? We can't bring forth fruit unless we are in the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And so we cannot do it. In fact, Roy Humble used to quote all the time, John 15, 5, for without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. So we only bear fruit by being in the vine, by being a true child of God. But Paul, he had a desire to bear fruit among church members. He tells us that in Romans chapter 1, verse 13. He tells us that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. 
And this is not an exhaustive study of fruit in the Bible. There are plenty of places. If you, work, if you look up the word fruit just in the New Testament, there's, there's a lot of uses of it. There, if you look up the word fruits, there's also a lot of uses of that. We're to give our first fruits. But fruit is seen, and according to what Paul teaches us, fruit is seen in our generosity, in our giving. He, he talks about that. It is seen in our worship. It is seen in our peace. It is seen in our praise of God with our lips. That is a symbol or that is a picture of fruit in our lives. But a church that turns inward is a church that benefits itself and not the community. A person that turns inward is a person that benefits himself but not those around him. And a tree that is bearing no fruit gets cut down. We have to have, we ought to be bearing fruit as a church. But listen, we have to have the leaves too. Right? Without the leaves, we can't bear fruit. Without the leaves, we can't, we, we, without the leaves, there's no shade, there's no protection. There's, we have to have leaves. <clears throat> a tree that can't control its temperature or protect its moisture will not be able to bear fruit. Did you know, we were going through budget numbers last week preparing for our annual meeting. Did you know it costs $14,000 a year to heat this building? The gas bill alone. We don't use the ovens very often, so those are, those are negligible. The gas bill uh, per year, this year, is going to be about $14,000. Can you imagine that? Well, I hope you can because it's true. Um, last month, uh, normally our water bill for this building is about a little over $100, I think. Uh, last month... October's bill, well, that we get in November, was over $600. Well, there were toilets running that didn't get caught. There were toilets that needed to be repaired, and we've gone through and we've either repaired or done preventative maintenance, replacing flappers and things like that on about eight toilets over the last two weeks, and they're trying to fix it. By the way, I think November's is going to be large, too, because we found more toilets running. And uh, please, when you're done, use the toilet. Make sure it's not running when you leave, okay? Um, but that's just, that's just water. That's, that's like literally flushing money down the drain, isn't it? And so we want to deal with those things. And we, we try to figure out how to, keep, how, to, how to keep the gas bills down. And I was getting in trouble every Sunday because it was too cold in here. So we had to turn it up a little bit. Um, and so you're welcome. Um, and so I, my cheapness says, let's leave it at 67, but my, my love of my life says, we'll, we'll kick it up to 70. Um, you see, these all are things that are leaves. We have to have them. If we're going to operate our Awana program, we have to keep the kids area up. And we've, we've got us this side of the building, by the way. Uh, the middle section of the building, when it was built, um, the, the, here's what I was told. The, money had, the church had money when they built the auditorium. They didn't have as much money when they built the middle section, and then when they built the gym, they had money again. And so uh, that middle section of the building, that especially the freeway side, the brick is falling apart, and we need to have that done this coming spring. It's leaves. Somebody's got to pay for it, by the way. So if you'd like to be that one, or we could all do it together, right? And so we have to, we have to fix that side of the building. We have to maintain this building if we're going to keep it, but those are leaves, when I first came here, um, Dick and Judy, they, they took care of the landscaping. They kept it beautiful. But I, I, there were several times in that first year where people would say, 
uh, I would go places, I'd introduce myself, and I'd meet them, and I'd say, I'm a pastor of the church across the freeway, and they're like, oh, is that place still open? And, and that's sad, right? But, but there, were, there were faithful people here. And it's sad that people said, is that closed? But let me tell you something. Just because this place is bustling with people, just because our buses, this last week we had 31 or 32 on a 36-passenger bus, we, and that was with running two routes now. And our bus, we had 30, there's a 36-passenger bus. That means three people per seat. Now you look at some of our teenage boys here. You're not putting three of them on a seat. And so it was packed on there. So we're, we're fixing, we had to fix the yellow bus, and hopefully we'll have that fixed before this Wednesday. But if the, if the buses are bustling, and the kids and the Awana program is bustling, and all these things are happening, and I love kids' ministries, but if we're doing that, that is not fruit. Those are leaves. When we see people's lives change, when we see kids come to know Christ as their Savior, when we see people saved, we see people baptized, that's fruit. When we see somebody who was grumpy as a Christian become a loving Christian, we see somebody who used to be mean, they become nice. We see somebody who was impatient, they become long-suffering. That's fruit. It takes the leaves to have fruit. But the leaves without fruit means we're hypocrites. Oh man, that place! I tell you what, I tell you what, I, I, had a, I was introduced in a, in a letter to the Michigan Baptist Bible Fellowship, and I was preaching last month. And in that letter, it said we have Stephen Clark, the pastor of the thriving First Baptist Church of Hazelbrook. Why does he think we're thriving? Because I told him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Numbers is, rear ends in our seats that is not fruit. Changes in people's lives is fruit. If we only have leaves and no fruit, if we have a beautiful building with bustling, with bustling people, and we want to keep improving this building, we're saying, here's what we're saying. We're saying, we're alive. But when Jesus only sees leaves and he doesn't see fruit, this tree can get cut down. I'm not done yet, but we're going to go to the what shall we do section now. And I want to start this section with this. Let me ask you a question. Do you even care? If you say, you know what? I've been in other trees before. If the pastor runs this tree into the ground, I'll go get in another tree. There's plenty of other trees out there for me to go be a part of. Do you even care if First Baptist Church... Not if you and your friends and if you, have a, if you have a solid church to go to. You see, this church is not about serving me. It's not about serving you. It's about serving others. We are here not for our benefit. First, we're here on Sunday. We're here for our benefit, right? We're here to grow and learn and stuff like that. But you can get that online. You can get good teachers online. They, they may, you're going to run across a lot of bad ones. But you can get good doctrinal teaching online. But we're here to serve. And that is, if we say, hey, you know what, man? Um, I tell you what, I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try a different church. Here's what you're saying. I care more about the leaves than I do the fruit. The leaves are inward. The leaves protect us. The leaves care for us. The leaves do good things for us. And we need that too. But if we only care about the leaves and we don't care about the fruit, the tree's going to get cut down. 
So the question is, do you care? 98 years ago, this tree was planted in this community. 98 years ago, this tree was planted in this community. You say, I wasn't here then. It's just a couple of you that were. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when God moved me here, he grafted me into this tree. And I need to not just suck things from the tree. I need to not just pull from the tree the nutrients and things. I do need that. But I also need to photosynthesize. I need to take and I need to benefit the tree here also. And I need to bear fruit. We as a church need to bear fruit. So do you care about this tree? Or do you just care about yourself? Do you just care about your branch? Oh, well, I'll go to a different tree. I'll, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I've been guilty in the past of thinking this. We need to reach this community if this church is going to stay alive. Okay, and there's truth there, right? If, if this church doesn't reach the people in its community, this church is not going to last. We need to be a community church. We need to be a church that is reaching our community. But let me ask you a question. Does the community preserve the church or does the church preserve the community? If we are trying to reach the community, if we're trying to get numbers into our seats because maybe they will give and then maybe they will help maintain the building and maybe they will help serve in the nursery and they'll help serve in ministries, and that's our goal, then the community is preserving the church, but church, we're supposed to be preserving the community. When, when God put you here, if you are a member of First Baptist Church, he planted you here. And that doesn't mean that God never does move people. Okay? And, and that's, that's between the person and the Lord. But I'm just telling you, if it's about what you can get, you're here for the wrong reason. Verse 20. When his disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Will you look back a year from now, or two years from now, or three years from now, and go, Man, that, that church withered quickly. I believe... That if we, are, if we have the heart that God wants us to have, meaning we're kind, we're, we're, we're loving, we're meek, we're long-suffering, we're all those things, we're, if we're fruit-bearing, this church will last until the Lord comes. I'm the only one who thinks that. Let me try that again. If we bear fruit, we are those things, this church will last until the Lord comes. Because He has promised that if, if, we bear, if we don't bear fruit, he's going to cut us down. But if we bear fruit, he delights in us. In verses 21 and 22, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and no doubt, and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done in the fig tree, but also ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now, I'm not going to go into depth on this because of time. But Jesus said, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you can move mountains and you can cast them into the sea. Here's what he's not saying. He's not saying, if you have faith, you can do anything. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Through Christ would strengthen me, right? Uh, and the context is not, I can do whatever I want to accomplish. Is I can do whatever God wants me to accomplish. And so he's telling us that if you have faith, then we can get God's will done. 
If, if it's God's will for us to pick up a mountain and cast it into the sea, we can pick up a mountain and cast it into the sea. But I don't think that we need to try to exercise our faith on moving a mountain that God hasn't told us to move. We should exercise our faith in the ministry. In this ministry that he has told us that we are to be a part of. Faith turns to action. Do you have faith that God wants this ministry to thrive? I, I do. I think, God, I think that's what God wants. I think he wants us to reach people with the gospel. I think he wants to encourage the saints. I think he wants us to worship him. I think all of those things are what he wants. But then how does that happen? Well, I have to, I have to support the ministry. I have to give to the ministry. I have to serve the ministry. I have to do all the things that God has told me to do. I can't just be the Sunday morning, um, when I feel like it, when nothing else is happening, um, and do nothing else to serve the Lord the rest of my life. I can't do that and expect God to bless my work. But listen, you, can't, you also can't say, well, you know what? I am there every time the doors are open. I give my offerings. I do this and I do that. It's up to someone else to take care of reaching people with the, uh, with the gospel. No. We must bear fruit. And we must be changed. We must allow God to change us. And as he changes us, it changes how we reach those around us. So don't be just leaves. Don't just have leaves. We need the leaves. Okay? We all need leaves, but we must bear fruit. Let's prepare to sing a closing hymn of invitation. If you... Micah's going to come up and lead us in that what he's done. If Listen, if you're here today without Jesus Christ, let me tell you what he's done. He's died for you. Uh, he came to, he was, He's God. He came in... Uh, uh, born of a virgin. We're going to be studying that next week, I think. You've got to remember which sermon is which, but we're going to be studying that very soon. And uh, he came born of a virgin, and he came to serve as God, but also as fully man, and he lived a perfect sinless life. He came for a purpose, though, and that was because he came to die for our sins, to suffer, bleed, and die, so that you and I can have eternal life. And that can only happen through faith, through repentance of our sins, and turning our lives over to him, trusting him to be our Savior. If you've never done that, don't, don't leave here today without that. And if, if you can ask me or ask someone else, come during this invitation, come talk to me. I would love to, to share with you more about the gospel. But if you're saved, and I would say probably the majority of people in this room would say, no, I know I'm saved. Are you bearing fruit? Not what are you giving, not what are you, where are you going, not the sin you've gotten out of your life or the good things you're doing. Are you bearing fruit? Is God changing your life, making you more like his son? And are you reaching others with that message? Thank you for joining us today on the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about First Baptist Church, visit us online at fbchazelpark.com.